Welcome to the teaching ministry of pastors Carl and Cheryl Thomas. Our favorite verse is Habakkuk 2.14, where the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Consumed by that revelation, we are committed to recognizing, resourcing, and releasing high-impact ministries resulting in global glory, transforming lives to impact their world. We have a teaching that will impact you today. Now, let's get right into that word. Hey, welcome, guys. So good to see you. What a good service so far. I've really oh enjoyed gosh, that. amazing. And you know what? We're doing all of these transitions. We're doing everything live. We're doing it in different spaces and limiting how many people are in each space so that we make sure we're, you know, honoring uh, the number of people hanging around and close to each other and uh, the physical distancing because this is all really, really important. But uh, it's really good to be in your living room and be here with you and still be good able morning. to share the word with you today. So good morning. It's an awesome day. It's April. Little cool out there, but it's all good. We've been talking about the great divide, and it is it's a great, great divide. The cross is a serious divide. That Easter weekend was a major divide. Things shifted, and you got to understand, and you got to have a working revelation of what shifted, and so hopefully we've been able to pour some revelation on that and help you with that shift, and that's good. So this is our last one in that shift, and I just want to talk to you about after the resurrection, you know, because they say that Jesus, when he, on the cross, he said, it is finished, and he might have said it is finished but he didn't say I I'm am finished. finished. He yeah. said it is finished and everything necessary for redemption it took place everything that let you walk full and free in the wonderful salvation of God it's done. Mm -hmm. It was done. It's been accomplished. You don't have to try to squeeze it out of God's hand he's given it freely and abundantly in every way so that's good stuff so it's finished but he's still working he's still and working. you'll see in the, in the and Philippians weeks, it says that I'm confident of this very thing that he's begun a good working in me will complete, complete it until it. the day that he comes back. So he begun it, he's working in the middle of it, and, he'll and he's going to absolutely finish yeah. it. So there's not a part of your life that he's not involved and engaged with you and True. making sure that you're going to realize God's purpose. Can I amen. get an amen? amen. I'm I glad I'm not amen. in the universe amen. alone. That's true. No Amen. matter what, God is always with us. He's not the clockmaker who, you know, designed something and then left it to itself, but he's actually involved in our everyday life. Yeah, we're not praying, please, would you get involved down here? He is vitally involved right now yeah. in our lives, and we don't have to beg him to get involved. We can put a demand on the reality that he's here Amen. and lay a hold of every promise True. that that means. Now, I got a little story for you, because uh, okay. you know, after the resurrection, what happened was Jesus' body was missing, and everybody was like, what? What's up with that? Got a little confused but I got a little story with two boys. Okay. It was two boys, and they were bad boys. I'm talking bad. Like, they were really Real bad, bad boys. I mean, really bad. bad. like they you? They did break and enters. They, oh, no. they raided people's gardens. Okay. They, they stole things, lied. They were just really two bad, bad boys. And this lovely family has these two boys, and they just, no matter what, they were. it was impossible to turn these kids around. Say, turn around. Come on, say turn, turn it was around. Impossible Sorry, to turn these kids around. Were you drinking your coffee? Yeah. It's impossible. It was, so they said, you know what? We're going to take them to the pastor. And the pastor, they shared the problem. Pastor said, tell you what, you bring them to me one at a time. Drop one off. Let him spend time with me. You take the youngest home, and I'm going to speak to them one at a time, and I'm going to see if I can't cause a shift and a change in their lives. So they thought, Pastor, that's a good idea. So they dropped off the first little boy, and he was escorted into the pastor's office, the pastor's big office, big big chair in the back, and they plunked him right in front of the pastor's desk in this little chair. It's like going to the principal's office. Like going to the principal's office. 
So he was there in that chair, and the pastor was just staring at him. It's one of those pastors that had eyebrows on his eyebrows. You know, it's just like that. And, and a unibrow? Made, no, not a unibrow, just, just very long thick. eyebrows thick. And he had a little bit of the hair coming out of his ears that was <laughs> visible. But I mean, and big, thick bottle top or bottom glasses. And he just stared at the child, just stared at him. And the boy's looking back and suddenly said, where is God? And the boy just sat in the chair and stared back at him. (laughs) And again, he said, son, where is God? And the boy just looked at him kind of perplexed and confused like, but he didn't respond, didn't utter anything. And the preacher was really trying to get a response, get something from the child. And then finally, again, the preacher leaned over the desk, leaned in. He said, where is God? And that, the little boy just jumped out of his chair, ran out of the office, ran out of the building, took off, just whoosh, I mean, down the street. And they went, well, what happened to him? So all of a sudden, boom, he gets all the way home, runs home, runs into his house. His parents are like, what's going on? What's happening? He ran past his parents, ran right to his brother's room, and he said, man, are we in trouble down at the church? They've lost God, and they think we did it. <laughs> it's kind of tough with uh, just Cheryl as my audience. Was that all right? It's okay. They lost God. <laughs> God's missing. God's missing. <laughs> and they think we did it. So anyways, this is one of the things where they lost God. They lost Jesus. They didn't know where he was, and he was gone. So that's kind of where we are in the story. There's a little promo for ghost stories. You want to want to check that out starting next week. But John 20, 19 to 22, you got your Bibles? Going to read with me? You ready? It says, on the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked. Say Locked. Locked. The doors are locked, Cheryl. We're in a lockdown. We're in a shutdown. You got to stay home. The doors were locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. Now, what's something important that at least they got this right? What did they get right in this story right now? They were afraid of the Jews. (laughs) (laughs) Know that when you're in a crisis, what do you do? Go into lockdown. <laughs> go into lockdown. And if you're going to go into lockdown, gather together. Even if yes, you're in okay. lockdown. You know, even if you're in that difficult spot. Sorry, I missed that rehearsal. You missed rehearsal. You did that in rehearsal. You were good and you missed that. Yeah. I gave you a big signal. I was circling something. Were you circling something? Yeah. yeah. All right. Anyways, yeah. So when you're in crisis, you got to come together. And you know what? That is good. Not, you got to come together. That's why you got to plug into your small groups. You got to plug into your connect groups. You got to stay connected with the body of Christ. And I want you to know something. You can do that because we really are even in the midst of all of this and as strange as it may be you're not alone I mean God's with you all the time and you're not alone but I want you to know that we really are here for you and there's so many different ways that we can communicate and connect even if you need help getting on Zoom if you come by and drop off your laptop put it outside the door I'm sure Zach would be happy to set it all up for you You just got to give them all your Mm -hmm. passwords to your bank accounts Mm -hmm. okay finish the scripture so The doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. Now, I love that, don't you? Yeah. I love that. That the first word, the first word of a resurrected Christ to his disciples was peace. peace. What's peace mean? Shalom. Absolutely. And what's really great is that I could probably see Peter turn around going like, the door's actually still locked. Yeah. The door's still locked. 
you know, nothing changed. We're still locked down. We're still in this place. We're still shuttered here in behind this situation. But you know what? Jesus just walked into the situation. And when he walked into the situation, he said, peace. And he said, peace be with you. And when he had said that, he showed them his hands and his side. And then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. They were glad when they saw the Lord. You got to see the Lord right now in the middle of your circumstances. You got to see him because he's there. Jesus said to them again, he said it again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so now I am sending you. And you know, you can still be sent in a in this crisis, yeah, Pastor Cheryl. You still have a mission. You and still a got a mission. It's so so easy still in this climate we still with so many uh, social media tools and things it is physical distance it's not really social distancing yeah you can still socially connect with people and reach out to people and there's people who want to hear from you right now sure. i mean let the holy spirit lead you there's people that, that need to hear from you that, that want to know what's on your heart and you've got a message a hope for them right mm -hmm. now so and he said to them he said i'm sending you and then when he said this he breathed Breathe. on them and he said to them receive the holy ghost the Holy Spirit, because that's where we're up to next I love week. that John included the whole idea that they were locked down. Yes, they were locked. Mm -hmm. The doors being locked. Because he wanted to prove that something miraculous had taken Come place. Come on. And I yeah. love that Jesus didn't knock on the door and say, let me in. He yeah. walked right through the yeah. wall. He came right. He walks into situations where you're locked down. I mean, you got uh, Daniels locked in a, a cage full of lions, locked in a hole with lions. You know what? God shows up. Mm -hmm. Paul and Silas were in jail, and they were there, locked, mm -hmm. I mean, strapped down. God showed up. God showed I up. I love that Jesus spoke, and then he demonstrated. He Boom. said, peace, and then he showed them yes. his sides and his hands. Yes, look at mm -hmm. this. And he wanted to make it clear. You know, it's what me. you saw, what, what you saw and everything you went through that, that caused you incredible fear. I mean, you saw the graphic death, the violent, violent death. Yeah. And yeah, it's me who went through that, mm -hmm. but it's me who's standing in front of you yeah. and peace be still. Yeah. So in the, in the middle of what you saw that was awful and, and broke and shattered your hope, this isn't the end. Mm -hmm. This is, There's something more going on. So it is finished, Amen. but he's still working and we're still working. Now, this little picture here, Pastor Cheryl, this is the 1929 Rose Bowl. Wow. Now, you know what I'm missing a lot? Football. I am missing football. And, uh, but this is the. Do you think 19th... you can get used to not watching sports? No, I don't. It's really, it bothers me a lot. The 1929 Rose Bowl, a guy named Roy Regals, and he was nicknamed Roy Wrong Way Regals. <laughs> Roy Wrongway Regals. And the reason he was nicknamed Wrongway, you can take that name, Google it, you can actually see the video of it, but somebody fumbled the ball, and Roy, he picked it up. He was the center, but he went in, and he picked up the ball, and when he got up to run, he ran into a player, and he turned, and he went the other way. So he literally started running to the other team's goal line. So if he'd have got to the goal line, he would have scored six points for the other team, and he's running with everything in him, just running like a lineman, running with everything in him, and all Everybody's yelling at him, Roy, wrong way, wrong way. And they're like, Roy. And finally, his own team, his own team had to chase him down. I think their quarterback's one of the fastest kids in the league. He had to chase Roy down, and he tackled him like two yards from the end zone. But because of that, the other team ended up getting a score. And they really lost the game because Roy What's got confused. <laughs> he got in a fog. He got all kind of messed up. And he got up, and he went the wrong way. I think that. Know, did you do this? <laughs> I did that in a basketball game in high school. You scored? I scored the wrong way. You scored the wrong way? Yeah. You are talented. I know. I know. You are. You are I couldn't believe. I couldn't understand why there was cheers. <laughs> cheers from the other team. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Yeah. Go Cheryl. And all I could see was the basket ahead of me. So anyways, it blocked I got it. a clear shot. Yeah. 
So that's what how he went the wrong shot. way. But this story is about a bunch of people going the wrong way. And they were sure. going the wrong way. Now, now, worry and fear and all these things affects your life. Now, this is WebMD. Sometimes when you need to know stuff, you go to WebMD. I asked the question, how does worry affect your body? How does worry? And this was what it said. It said, chronic worry and emotional stress can trigger a host of health problems. The problems occur when fight or flight is triggered. And that's your fear mechanism. Right mm -hmm. back here, your fear mechanism gets triggered. When your fear mechanism gets triggered, your prayer life, your everything, suddenly you're praying the wrong way, you're praying out of fear, and oh, God, help! And, and, you're and not, all these physiological boom, things begin to happen. All that stuff. Physical mm -hmm. things start to happen. So worry and anxiety creates pr pr such problems as, you ready? Yep. Difficulty swallowing, dizziness, dry mouth, fast heartbeat, fatigue, headaches, inability to concentrate, irrit irritability, muscle aches, muscle tension, nausea, nervous energy, rapid breathing, shortness of breath, sweating, trembling, and twitching. These are all the things that start to go on in people's lives when you start to worry. I think sometimes you're afraid of the coronavirus and you start to manifest the symptoms, not because you got it, but because you're afraid of it. And you know, sometimes we do crazy stuff when we're afraid. And these guys, even though Jesus spoke to them, even though Jesus told them what was going to take place, even though Jesus said when it's finished and after it's done, he told them specifically where to meet him. But instead of, of remembering those things and, and reasoning what's going on and, and putting themselves where God had wanted had, to place them. I'd be boom. afraid. That's a very violent manifestation to see someone crucified and beaten like that. And I would... I, if I'm really, really honest, I'd be a little bit afraid and worried as well. And then you find out his body's missing. Yeah. So you think the, the Romans or the Jews are going to think you stole his body. Yeah. So now they're after us and we're, we're locked next. Because, I mean, this, this little crucifixion that happened, it wasn't something that randomly happened on one little event. They used to regularly see thousands of people crucified down the roads. I mean, the, the Romans used this to really oppress people. So in their minds, they could have been thinking, I'm next. Mm -hmm. And you see, sometimes people look at the TV and they're every day clicking on the counts, like how many more viruses, how many more deaths and all those things. You keep focusing on that and you know what? You're going to lock yourself down in a place of fear and you're going to start to think, I think I'm next. And every time you get a sniffle or a headache or anything you're going to start to go i think i got it you know but you got to realize bam i don't got it it has a name and jesus has the name above every name so i announce jesus name in the face of that and i say i don't got it i got the blessing of god all over my life and we got to be careful because mm -hmm. fear can cause you a lot of grief mm -hmm. all right john 14 27 jesus said peace i leave with you my peace i give to you not as the world gives do i give you let not your heart be troubled neither be afraid see the world tries to give you peace as an outside job let me explain this to you let me give you the science on this let me talk to you about this and give you some outside peace did you like that yeah that was good voice was that mm -hmm. good but you see kingdom peace it's an inside job yeah because it's a peace of God that passes understanding. It's not a peace that comes through understanding. It's a supernatural peace that comes from God that supernaturally gives you rest. And it's a peace that means wholeness and shalom in every aspect of your life. Isaiah said he will keep us in perfect peace. His mind, mind is, is stayed on me. Stayed so on stay, me. keep your mind, stay your, your mind, mind on God and your the goodness mind. of God. You choose to where you're going to put your thoughts, right? Yeah. You choose what you're going to dwell on. Mm -hmm. So kingdom peace is an inside job. Second Thessalonians 3.16. What's that one say, Pastor Cheryl? says, now may the Lord of peace himself grant you his peace, the peace of the kingdom at all times and in all ways, under all circumstances and conditions. The Lord be with you all. Amen. So he took the time to define the peace of God. 
in all circumstances, in all conditions, at all times, and in all ways, you have the peace of God, and it's an enduring peace that dwells on the inside of you. It's good, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's very good. It's the Lord of peace himself. Yeah. The Lord of peace himself and his peace be with you. Mm -hmm. The Lord be with you. The kingdom of God is not not a matter of meat and drink, but of righteousness. Peace and joy. In the Holy Ghost. In the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Oceanographers. Yes. Tell me about oceanographers. Oceanographers. Oceanographer first. <laughs> they tell us. They okay. tell us that even in the worst ocean storms, they rarely extend more than 20 feet below the surface. I mean, the ocean's deep. I mean, yeah. it's miles and miles deep. But you see, when you got the worst storm, it rarely penetrates more than 25 feet deep from the surface. Gales can rip the ocean, causing tidal waves 100 feet high, but just 25 feet below the surface of the water is as calm as a pond. That's crazy. Calm as a pond. Yeah. Calm as a pond. Mm -hmm. Korean Christians during their persecution, this is what they said. We are just like nails. This was back in the, in the, uh, 40s, 50s. They said, we are just like nails. The harder you hit us, the deeper you drive us. And the deeper you drive us, the more peaceful it becomes. Yeah. So in difficult situations and times of trouble and crises, you got to huddle together. Mm-hmm. But don't huddle together and Don't let fear. the surface circumstances Boom. take you out of your place of Because whatever's out there can't touch this. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. there is a place of peace Boom. and there is a place of calm in God. Just like in the middle of a storm in the ocean, Boom. you can be in a place of peace and calm. He and hideth not- my soul in the cleft of the rock and he covers me oh gosh, there with his hand. <laughs> he- Isn't that great? You, you thought looked I looked exactly like, my dad like right your there? father when you did that. That's unbelievable. Awesome. If you'd Eyeballs like more, and everything. If you'd like more of that, please write now on your comments. <laughs> Kelly is watching your comments. Let her know that you'd like more of that. All right. Just say I want more of that. Let's see how many things we can get. But that's pretty awesome. Look yeah. at this right here, Cheryl. I put a picture up for you. Who's that guy? That's Jesus. Yes. <laughs> well, it's somebody's artist depiction of Jesus. Yeah. It came out of his mind. But, but what he got there, look, I mean, that's pretty amazing. I mean, he's wool. So who's that guy? Thomas. Thomas. That's mm-hmm. Thomas. And I, I, have, I have a connection to Thomas because my last name's Thomas. I think mm-hmm. he gets a bad rap in the Bible sometimes, you know, and doting Thomas, you know, all that, you know. So, uh, but I think he's pretty awesome. He's, he's pretty great. We're going to talk about him just real quick. But there's some things I doubt. Are there things you doubt? Uh, Do you doubt stuff? Sometimes. I want to give you some things I doubt. I doubt that Elvis is alive in Hawaii. Me too. Do you doubt that? All right. I doubt any Michael Moore documentary. <laughs> and I mean, I'm not, you know, maybe you like Michael Moore. I just kind of doubt it. I doubt it. I doubt anything that a politician says after the words. Just now, to, be, to clear. be clear. <laughs> to be clear. I just kind of doubt whatever's coming after that. I don't know why. Now, this is something I doubt. It's dog food label that says new and improved taste. <laughs> Like, I look at that, and the store says new and improved taste. Like, you know, I've gone to the, sorry, this is really a digression, but I have gone to the puppy stores in the PetSmart and looked at their puppy cookies, and they looked really <laughs> kind of yummy. Yeah. <laughs> was that because the other shelves were empty? So you, you, you know. But I've never ventured to bite a doggy cookie. I know, well, that's why I'm saying this. Who knows? I mean, who is tasting this stuff? Who I don't do, know. Who do they take it to? Do True. They, they take it to a dog? Dog, oh, that's really good. That's, that's better than your last brand. I don't know. But I, okay, so anyway, I'm just Anyways. talking about doubts. Sadly, I mean, I'm hopeful, but I'm saddened that the Leafs, I doubt the Leafs may win the cup in my lifetime. I'm saddened to say that. I well, doubt I a, that. I have a doubt. You got, what do you doubt? Well, you know, Pastor Carl, every few months goes, I got to do something about my life. <laughs> 
start to exercise and my diet. Life. My exercise and diet? Yeah, so I've heard that for 30 years, so I doubt. You doubt anything's going to change? Yep. <laughs> wow. Is that a challenge? Yeah, that could be appealing to your competitive streak. Forget it. Okay, yeah. John 20. 24 to 31, peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, reach your finger in here. In that picture, you saw Thomas, reach your finger in here and look at my hands and reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving. Do not be unbelieving. This crisis is trying to put you into a realm of fear Mm -hmm. and rob you of your faith. It's trying to steal your belief in this season because I'm telling you, it's going to be better going forward. Our, Our days ahead are better. Our future is brighter. The kingdom of God is is going to expand. How do I know that? Because I believe my Bible on purpose. It says the kingdom of God, his kingdom and his reign and his rule, it says it will continue to increase more and more. Even as we see the day of God approaching, the kingdom of God and his righteousness shall continue to expand. So it's going to get bigger. And his righteousness, like you said, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. In the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. So we're going to see an expansion of righteousness Isaiah and said, peace of the increase of his joy. government, we shall see the no The increase end. of his government mm-hmm. I was looking at this um, scripture here about Jesus telling Thomas to put his finger in his side. And in the King James, it says thrust. Thrust. And so he said, you know, like put something into it, really. Like get engaged, get involved. I'm not afraid of you just, you know, putting this to the test. And he thrust, told him to thrust his hand right into his side. And that's really good. Yeah. I like that. Because in that situation where you need to be convinced Jesus that is Jesus okay with that. is there, and yeah. he's okay with that. Yeah. And he's okay even with my doubt. Yeah. He's okay right now even with my fear. Mm-hmm. In the middle of my fear, he's not, oh, I, I want to I enter into their situation, yeah. but you know what? You know, their fear has locked me out of their lives. You know what? Your fear will never lock him out of your life. Yeah, true that. He's going to come into that. Your doubt will never lock him mm-hmm. out of your life because mm-hmm. in the midst of your, I need something, he's going to show up and go, come on then. Mm-hmm. Don't, just, don't just give a little touch, a little poke, thrust your hand in here i like that cheryl me too i I love that that, um the authors and the writers of the gospel included these kind of things you know all of the apostles studied jesus you know they saw a violent death and all but john abandoned him at the cross yes so you know it's not that thomas was alone in fear doubt and unbelief they all abandoned him at the cross right peter denied him judas betrayed him they all left him except for john yeah and so Thomas isn't the only kind of person in the scene and in the story who had some issues of questions and no. fear and doubt. And yeah, and this, this is the next visitation of Jesus. Yeah. So he wasn't at the first one. They all were. Yeah. They were all there. They all saw it. They all physically had Jesus yeah. come through the door. And sometimes and I wonder if Thomas didn't believe just because it was disciples. Hey, he lived with maybe those people just said, for hey, three years. The experience you had, I want. Yeah. Or he could have just said, I don't believe you guys. <laughs> Yeah, it could you be. Know, I, I lived with y'all for three years. I want, I've seen you I all. Want, I want a real, I want a, real I want a encounter. personal manifestation of God in my mm-hmm. life. And you know, mm-hmm. if everybody else had one and you still say, I want mine, that's not a bad thing. No, it's not a bad thing. Because you know, Thomas said, I want to see for myself. I won't, I won't believe unless I Boom. can see. Boom. He said, I'm going to see for myself. So Jesus said, don't be not believing. Apistos. Don't be apistos. Don't be not believing, but be pistos. Be believing. Yeah. And Thomas answered him and said, my Lord. And, and my, my God. God. And one of the first people in the New Testament to say, not only my Lord and, and my, my God. God. Yeah. My Lord and my God. Yeah. Now, doubt, the verb is to be uncertain about, consider questionable, unlikely, or to hesitate to believe. A feeling of uncertainty about the truth, reality, or nature of something. Now, you know, it's seasons like this, you know, 
you might be honest with yourself and go, what's going on? I've got concerns. I've got doubts. When you're praying for things and you want to see results and you're not seeing the outcomes that you believe you should have, stuff starts to happen. And yeah. suddenly doubts and, and fears and, and things come in. And, you know, D- David didn't say, I've never been afraid. David said, when I was, I was afraid, afraid, I yeah. put my hope in mm-hmm. God. So you know what? When fear comes in and doubt comes in, that's, that's not, you're a loser. God will never show up for you now. That's a chance for you to use that as a platform to say, God, I'm going to put a demand on you right now in my circumstance. You know, I've had serious times, not really doubting the character and nature of God, but just really kind of inundated and and felt bombarded by circumstances in my life where I'd say, where are you? I need something here. I need a sign. I need a wonder. I need a proof. And, And we've all, if you're really, really honest, we've all been in those places in our life. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Mm-hmm. So Helen Keller, a couple quotes for you. Helen Keller said, indeed, I, it, it need not discourage us if we are full of doubts. Healthy questions keep faith dynamic. I just yeah. love that quote. Healthy questions, and it's healthy questions. Yeah. You know, questions where you're inquisitive, but you're searching for an answer. It's not, it's not a question of defeat or a question of I quit. It's a question of, I really need to I know. I need resolve here. Yeah, I need, I need something. So healthy questions keep faith dynamic. In fact, unless we start with doubts, we cannot have deep-rooted faith. True. One who believes lightly and unthinking. unthinking has not much of a belief. My concern is, if you're going to believe today just because you're terrified, if you're going to say, I need I need another thing to hang my hat on, I'm terrified, uh, give me something to hope in, and you're going to hang your hat on Jesus just because you're dreadfully afraid, I don't know if there's going to be a lot of roots to that. Mm-hmm. You know, and then when everything turns around and it's all better, oh, well, I'm okay now. You know, I, I really think, boom, you got to have a, a faith that is deep-rooted faith. One who believes lightly and unthinkingly has not much of a belief. One who has a faith which is not to be shaken has won it through blood and tears, True. has worked his or her way from doubt to truth as one who reaches a clearing through a thicket of brambles and thorns. Yeah, just uh, like, to- like Abraham, it says that, in Hebrews, it says, Abraham was persuaded. He was persuaded. And so, you know, uh, sometimes we look at Abraham and we forget the years of doubt and unbelief and needing to be persuaded by God. But God had to come to Abraham and Sarah several times. So, and it says in Hebrews that he was persuaded. Yes. So I love the fact that God is is okay with us needing to be persuaded because there's something unshakable about thinking and engaging your intellect in your pursuit of God. Yep. And you know what I own, not just here, but here, I own forever. Yeah, if I own it just because I'm afraid and yeah. I need kind of a quick fix in and out, yeah. I, I don't think that's got any yeah. roots. But when you own that because you've really grappled with it, you've yeah. questioned it, you've fought it through. Yeah. And I'm not saying that you got to have faith to get God in your situation. What I'm saying is the total opposite. What I'm saying is, is that God comes into your situation and he's the one who turns your fear and your doubts to faith. Yeah. God is going to inform your faith. Mm-hmm. He's going to persuade your faith. He's going to dig out, root out your faith and he's going to engage that faith. And it's the God kind of faith. Mm-hmm. It's the gift of faith from him and in your circumstances he's going to dig down deep and he's going to appeal to that and he's going to find you in the middle of it and he's going to engage you in a place of faith mm-hmm. and you're going to see results that are that are well understood and well well researched and well well questioned i yeah. mean things that are i solid. want the empirical data yeah I, you know i'm not a 
total skeptic. You can't shake me. I, I'm convinced. But I want empirical data to support what someone says. And so if you're going to tell me something, I'm going to say, okay, well, where'd you get that research? What's your evidence? What's your data to support well, that? Well, I believe it because my favorite teacher said it. And that's great. That's great. And you can trust But have you worked teacher. it out yourself? Have you, you searched out it. the scripture for yourself? Whatever have you, you believe, asked the tough questions? That's right. Whatever you believe, the wind's alive. Because, you know, in this life, you're going to have troubles. You're going to go through things. But he's overcome it. We know the outcome. We know the end result and that's where our faith is established is in the outcome is fixed yeah. i'm already condemned to victory mm -hmm. but i really believe that mm -hmm. i am absolutely convinced of it mm -hmm. uh Petal abelard he Petal? said you said Petal. i said peter oh maybe it was my Did somebody's here Petal? it was Petal, right i said yeah. peter <laughs> okay some of the stuff i peter. go through while we're in lockdown right now it's amazing all right the first key to wisdom is assiduous Assiduous. Assiduous, thank you, assiduous. <laughs> assiduous and frequent questioning. For in doubting, we come to inquiry, and by inquiry, we arrive at the truth. Oh. George MacDonald, doubts are the messengers of the living one to the honest. They are the first knock at the door of things that are not yet, but have to be understood. Doubts must precede every deeper assurance, for uncertainties are what we first see when we look into the region hitherto unknown, unexplored, and unannexed. A little bit of cognitive dis equilibrium yeah a little bit of cognitive Jesus whole ministry was yeah, about that to bring you into reality so four observations really fast and these notes are all on the website you can go the quotes are there you can look them back up all right but first observation from Thomas is he was ready to risk everything and I put that in there just because my name is Thomas yeah and I think you need to read the whole story about the whole him. story about Thomas that's right because yeah. when Jesus said I'm going back to Jerusalem everybody else said don't go don't go <laughs> yeah. he said look I'm ready to go we and like if to you're edit going, Thomas's life I I want to make sure it, it's clearly represented, mm -hmm. but he's the one who said, let's go. He was willing to risk everything for Jesus. He said, let's go, let's mm -hmm. do this. All right, number two, you got to be willing to ask the tough questions, and he did. And he said, and where I go, you know, and, and Jesus was saying this, and the way you know. And Thomas, like, you know, you ever been in a place where the guy's talking? He says, now you guys know what I'm talking about, right? And everybody's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and you don't have a clue? Like, Thomas is the one, he's looking around, he's going like, Nobody has a clue what you're talking about, Jesus. Or we're in Barbados said. and they're trying to tell us which little side road down where. Oh yeah, they go, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah okay, it. yeah, yeah. And then you're still lost, right? But but look what Thomas said. Thomas didn't say, "I don't know where you're going." I mean, Thomas is like looking around, going, "You guys." I mean, oh yeah, well, sure, Jesus, yeah. He's like, "Oh come on," he said, "We, we do not know. know, not I don't know, but honestly, Jesus, these guys don't have a clue. <laughs> I mean, we don't know." We don't know what you're talking about. And how can we know the way? Yeah, where are you going and how can we know the way? So, I mean, it's pretty good. If somebody's giving you very important directions for your life and you're just going, right, okay, thank you. And then they're gone and say, what do you say? I have no idea. I mean, these are really important things. And Thomas is saying, all right, uh, Jesus, you're talking the God kind of language. Can you dumb it down for me? I need, I need the Coles notes on what you just said. I really need to understand. Mm -hmm. And Thomas was the one who asked the tough questions. He demanded evidence. Yeah. I love that. See, unless I see, like we talked about earlier, and I love how you said that. Thrust, Thrust. your hand in here. Yeah. You know, and Jesus said, you want evidence? Come on over here. Just he didn't say, in. you want evidence? What is wrong with you? Yea, I shall never use you ever again, for thou hast not believest in me as thou shouldest. No, he didn't say that. He said, hey, big fella, come on over here. Thrust her right in here i'm the guy yeah. i mean it was the real deal he really mm -hmm. did it so and he wanted evidence you need evidence i want evidence i want god to come through for me right now don't you yeah. come on 
Type it in right now. Say, I want evidence. Go ahead, type it. Press send. Evidence, 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 evidence. We're not a people with, you know, some airy-fairy idea of a, a God who we hope he's out there. He's really out there, and we want to see the evidence right now in our lives. In this circumstance, we want to see God And this glorified. story is in the oh. Bible for all of us, for those of us who can be skeptical yes. or need empirical data and evidence. The, I'm so thankful that they included yes. this in the gospel yes. uh, account of, of the apostles and Jesus that, you know, God's okay with people like that. And it me. was all put there mm -hmm. to inform your belief. It yeah. was all put there to, to encourage your, your belief. belief. It was good. all put there so that you could believe. These are stories that, that, that qualify you in a place of fear and doubt and oh no, where you can revisit this story and say, you know what, in the oh no place, you know what you do? You go, hey, big fella, what's the deal? Mm-hmm. I read your word. We need it to come into manifestation. And then you get your faith informed and in how to bring that into manifestation and how to pray properly in a new covenant context. Mm -hmm. So you need to have those things yeah. informed. You need to ask questions. Why aren't my prayers working? Sometimes you need to ask those questions because the Bible says you can pray amiss. You can actually totally miss. Mm -hmm. So you need to ask those questions, not kind of go on, yeah, I pray, yeah. Yeah, I'm doing all and this And not stuff. give up on praying. Don't give up. You know, praying is our moral responsibility, our moral say-so in a war-torn creation. Truth. Romans 8, 16, for the Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm, to affirm Amen. that we are the children of God. See, when you're born again, it's not just like, okay, I guess I'm hope I'm in. No, when you're born again, His Spirit, you become one with Christ. His Spirit and your spirit become one, and He affirms that you are a child of God. First John 1, 3, that which we have seen. This is John. Years later, at the mm -hmm. end of his life, he's saying, that which we have seen, seen and, and we heard. heard. I saw it. I really heard it. I put my hands on it. I touched it. He said, I did all of that, and I'm declaring these things to you so that you can have fellowship with us, that truly our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son. So he's saying, I'm saying all these things to you. I'm writing this to you because the one I touched, I felt, I experienced. I'm doing it so you can have fellowship, so you can have koinonia, so you can have absolute connection and intimacy sure. with him. Mm -hmm. Number four, Pastor Cheryl, we're getting to a rapid conclusion. Yep. Are you ready? Yep. Number four, he made a bold confession. Bold confession. I love confession. that. And you, you made note of that earlier. He said, Thomas answered, he said, my, my Lord, Lord and my God. God. I mean, when he says my Lord, I mean, that's, that's treason to the Romans because yeah. the Romans, Caesar is Lord. Lord. It's blasphemy Boom. to the Jews. And it's blasphemy to the Jews because yeah. my God, mm -hmm. Jesus is God. So he made a, a wild declaration. He said, I have exchanged everything. He says, in the life of a believer, he is my Lord and he is my God. So here's the recap, Pastor Cheryl. Thomas wanted to believe. Yeah. I mean, he's there because he wants to believe. And you want to believe right now. You may be in a situation where you actually want to believe. Your doubts and your fears might be screaming, but you know what? In the middle of that, you want to believe. So you can transform your fear into faith and Jesus is going to visit you right now and he's going to inform that you can lean into him because he is leaning into you mm -hmm. he's walking through that locked door of your circumstance he says, and he's there trust yourself into my care yes trust he Trusting. just needed to see, touch, and experience like the others did. Yeah. He wanted like everyone. everyone. Like, come on, let's everyone. be honest. Everyone wants to see, well, touch, I, feel, I and experience I believe because Cheryl's Jesus. had an experience with God. Mm -hmm. I believe because she's had an experience. No, I believe because I've experienced it for myself as well, right? Mm -hmm. Jesus refuses to leave us without confidence in who he is. Amen. He shows up and he encourages our faith. Do you see? Do you see? Do you see? 
the largeness of Jesus' heart in your circumstance. I just love the way it ends. He says, and truly Jesus did many other signs. Why did he do it? In the presence of these disciples, which are not written in these books, but these are written so that you might believe. believe, so that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life mm-hmm in his And I love that he continued to do signs and wonders after that because Jesus had done signs and wonders prior to his his death and burial and resurrection. And he had said many things, but now those signs and wonders have have a greater um, impact and reach in the disciples' lives because everything he'd said previous had now come true. And so now it was a real affirmation and a real confirmation of who Jesus was and who Jesus was to them and in them and will be through them. Jesus did everything that he did at the cross but he's still working today in your life and he's still informing your faith Mm -hmm. and he's still walking through locked doors and he wants to touch you right now. And he does all of these things in your life and you're listening right now because he wants to encourage your faith and he wants you to believe. Now listen, if you've never accepted Christ as your savior, you might be here because of this situation. You might be here because you're personally concerned. You might be watching now or later on because you need information. I want Jesus, I want him personally, God himself to walk into your circumstances. And I want his faith, his gift of faith to inform your faith. And I want him to touch you. And he does that so that you might have life. Not just life to get you through this situation, but eternal life, the forever kind of life, the God kind of life. And if you've never done that before, you can pray this prayer with me right now. Pastor Cheryl's going to pray it. We're going to pray it together, and you can pray it right now, and you can accept him and let his faith that has been informing you, let him be your Lord and your God. So you ready? Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus I, ask you now I ask you now to come into my life. Come into my life. Thank you. Thank you. That I am forgiven. That I'm forgiven. That I am healed. That I'm healed. And that I am free. That I'm free. I declare like Thomas did. I declare like Thomas. My Lord. My Lord. And my God. My God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, a couple other things. Right after this, we do have next steps. If you're new to the fellowship or check this out for a couple of weeks, if you want more information about us, we have next steps. It's going to take place on our website, on our front page. You just go down to next steps. You press that, and it's going to be a Zoom connection. So you can go and have a Zoom meeting with Pastor Zach, and he's going to inform you more about the journey with us here at Impact Church. Now, if you are new to us, you don't know us, you've been checking us us out for a bit, but we don't have your contact information, you can press the contact card and you can fill out information in the connect card. If you just prayed that prayer. We want to know that you did that. And we want you to fill out that Connect card because we want to be with you. You know what? We journey together. We journey together. We're strong because we're together. He journeys with us. We journey as a group. And And you know what? We are here for you. So we want you to do that. So let me pray for you and bless you. And then we're going to hand it over to our after service group. And they're going to do a recap and give you some information and tell you more about the week that's coming ahead of us, all right? Bless you, online church. Bless you, Impact Church. We love you deeply and dearly, and we are here for you. Hugs Go and pray. kisses. Mwah. Wow. You ready? <laughs> Father, bless right now. I pray in Jesus' name. I thank you for covering, protecting, and being with each and every one. I thank you in every aspect of our life. You are our Savior and our Redeemer. So we thank you that you're my provider. You're my God. You're my healer. You're, you're, you're that covenant-keeping God. You're everything to me, and you will never fail. Thank you for your unfailing love, and thank you for your amazing grace. Yes, so, Father, let your great love be revealed in each one. Jesus, let your grace wrap and surround each one. And Holy Spirit, thank you that you are my every moment partner and companion to engage every aspect of life so be with me now and always we give you thanks and praise in jesus name amen god God bless bless you you guys can't wait to see you